this has been, I think, it's been several months, almost uh, a year, right, in the making. Close, we yeah. Wanted to, yeah, we've been, I don't even remember how long we've been wanting to do this for, so. <laughs> anyway, first off, chat, I would like to apologize. I think I'm coming down with a bit of a bug. Uh, if I sound a little nasally and my voice sounds weird, that's why. But I'm going to power through. I got my coffee, got a little bit of that uh, minty sort of open up your sinuses in it. So, uh, anyway, how you doing, Curtis? How you doing? I'm good, man. A little tired. Got the coffee here, too. You look tired. Don't worry. <laughs> you look tired. Uh, what you what you been working on lately? I know we were uh, we played a game yesterday, but I don't really hear what you've been working on lately. That you can, that you can talk about because we're under some uh, stipulations here. I mean, we've just been um, we've been doing some stuff, uh, a little bit of uh, server stability work, a little bit of stuff with uh, Knife Fight uh, from Dogwood right. Gaming. So yeah, there, there's just a little. I mean, it's early access still, but there's still some bugs that have to get worked out, some stability issues that we have to figure out. Um, I know the boss has been working on getting like a, a, a Mac version of it on itch.io. So that's something yeah, I've that's been hearing about that. Yeah, that's something going that's going to be going on for or going out. Um, I think next week sometime. I, I don't remember exactly when he said it was going to drop, but yeah, I mean it's exciting. Awesome. Oh yeah. By the way, chat. Um, Dogwood Gaming. Uh, that user you see in chat right there. That is our boss. Uh, hell, a hell of a guy. We are really blessed to be working for him. But, um, yeah, he, he does, uh, does a lot for being one guy. I'll say that he's, he's always pushed. He's always chalking through. Yeah. It amazes me, honestly. Um, man's a beast. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, for me, I've, been, I've just been trucking along, trying to get my fucking, um, my graduate done. Finally got my interview, uh, application set up, so. Whew, that's been been waiting nervously waiting to set that up but I say we try to start this up so chat by the way what we're gonna be talking about today is we're gonna be talking about some uh, social interaction games uh, how like deception is used in them for example we got uh, among us being a big one that everyone's been loving lately it was created in 2018 and got no traction whatsoever now it's I think number one still on Twitch, and I think it's number one on the App Store as well. I don't know the rating on Steam, but like, holy hell, that game is blowing up. So we what we wanted to do is we wanted to approach uh, the games uh, from a game developer standpoint and how we think that the producers and developers and everyone working on these said games that we're going to be talking about for the next, I don't know however long this podcast goes on for, but we're just wanting to break them down Kind of, uh, even though we're novices, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, we opened up chat for you guys to come in and ask us questions as well. But first and foremost, I think we should uh, do some introductions. What do you think? Yeah. All right. I'll go first. My name is Christian King. Um, I am a game designer, obviously. Uh, I recently graduated, got my bachelor's in game design at Full Sail University back in May. Uh, I met Curtis while working online. I, however, thought it'd be good to be kind of an asshole and just leave him in the dust. 
and uh, kind of finish ahead and go a more of an accelerated route. And what really got me into game design and game development in general, honestly, was just creating games with my friends on the playground when I was really young. Like you will, we've heard stories or we've gone through all the process in our undergrad and I've been doing it again in my graduate. You really see that the reason you chase these passions and these dreams is because of what you started as a kid. So me growing up, I would always be the one to create the games on the playgrounds when we were like, I don't know, say like eight, nine, ten, out on recess in like elementary school. And I'd be like, oh, Christian, what kind of games do you have today? What, what are we going to do? What kind of uh, – I remember I made a variation of tag where I thought I thought I was a genius. We were like five, and I was like, let's play tag, but let's hide instead. And I was unaware that that was a game already. Um, it's I, called hide and seek. <laughs> hide and seek tag. Fucking hide and seek tag. Um, but, yeah, no, as it started going on, um, we created games where it was kind of like King of the Hill, but – tag related it was a lot of tag i don't know why i was a tag kid i was one of those guys I'd always be like let's play some tag let's play some tag um i remember i started uh wrestling matches <laughs> i got suspended for that at one point but i started wrestling mass matches uh on the playground in third grade i think it was uh set that up and it was it wasn't traditional wrestling it was like wwe smackdown versus raw type wrestling so we're we're fucking pile driving each other into the fucking wood chips um but no i went to uh as i started growing up i started enjoying those i still am i don't care legos are lit um <laughs> but i really feel like being able to uh, have a set of instructions helps but every time i would just open up my box and just put legos together i feel like Especially when I was creating kind of like a mini world, I, that, that was that was where I felt at home. I'm not the best level designer. I try to do the best I can. I'm more like the logistics and uh, rule setup person. Um, but yeah, no, I that's that's a little bit about me. Uh, we can get to know me a little more as these podcasts go on. But Curtis, how about how about you, man? How about you? What what prompted you to get into game development? Uh, honestly. So I was just kind of like hanging out, uh, sitting on the couch one day, and my fiance was like, hey, you need to figure out what you're going to do for a career. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I don't know what to do. And, and she says to me, well, what's something that you like? And I said, video games. And she goes, well, figure out how to make video games. And I said, damn, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> it was like a revelation that just struck me, you know, like. And and I started looking into it, and I found Full Sail. And then, um, you know, being a veteran, I had the privilege of, you know, having my GI Bill to help me get through college. And I just called the school, talked to them. We set everything up, and I just went through for it, through with it. And you don't really realize how much goes into making a video game until you've actually gone through school for it. Like, you can say, oh, I understand exactly what the developers were doing. But no, you really don't. Like, being a developer, designer, being a level designer, like, it's so in-depth that you really don't even understand until I, you've hell, I done it. I still don't understand. <laughs> right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, even, even doing some of the schoolwork, you're like, why do I have to come up with 15 different mechanics when I'm only going to have four? Like, that doesn't make oh, any yeah. sense to me. Mm -hmm. But then you start to realize 
maybe one of those four that you originally thought were going to work don't work. So then it's like, okay, well, now I've got 11 others to look at and fall back on. It's, it's one of those things where it's, you need to have a collective pool of ideas to pull from. You know, like they always said to us in school, don't ever, uh, like when you're brainstorming, they said, just let the ideas come. It, like word vomit onto the page, all the ideas that you have. Because if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna forget something. You're gonna leave something out that really could have been something of a great idea for the game that you're trying to make. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it really is. It's like like I like how you capitalized on. Uh, hold on, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. You said word vomit. Yeah, that's right. I really like how you said that because even me personally, I, I got a task list that I had to do. And they they were like, I want you to make 150 tasks and features to put in the video game you're trying to pitch to us. And I was like, oh my god, like that that's so many. But like, no, I, it's really true. You understand, like, it's this doesn't just like happen overnight. Like, it's hours and hours of dedicate. It's months of dedication to a, a one's particular craft. Um, like shit, a fucking. This was quick. Everyone would be designing video games. It was easy and quick. Everyone would be doing it. No, exactly. I mean, like, you see this area behind me right here, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I used to take sticky notes when I was was doing my, uh, like, just ideas for the games that we were making in school. And I would just fill this entire area up with sticky notes. Like, I would write something down, just slap it up on the the wall. And then I I would sit back and I would just look at everything as a whole and be like... Okay, well, this one doesn't work. Take that one down. Put it to the side. This one doesn't work. Take that one down. But this one, I like this one. Go ahead and put it up there. And I, right. that's like that was my process for really getting an idea while designing a game in school. And and it really does help. I came up with some stupid ideas too. To like, oh, you're you're lagging a little bit. Oh, my bad. Um, like I I really came up with some go. dumb ideas. Fixed. I came up with ideas. It was like. Oh, what if we play pickup sticks with multiplayer games or, you know, something, like, just ridiculous. Right. That's, that's how it always starts, and, like, the, that's what I was saying. Like, it, it really happens. You really start to realize when you go to the root of, like, what gravitates you towards this particular field. It's, it's happened as a child. Like you said, pickup sticks with uh, multiplayer mechanics and stuff. Like, I remember playing pickup kicks, uh, pickup sticks as a kid. Like, it, it really, like I said, it... it you begin to see the root of what everything happens. Like, hell, like, I, I have been incorporating stuff that I would have only liked as a kid into some of my game design beats. Uh, and I'm actually pitching a game to my um, internship on Monday, and I'm literally creating a game where it's babies fighting grandmas. It's like, I, yeah, that that's something that a kid wouldn't really, like, think of, but, like, who wants to play as a baby in a video game? Like, that normally kids would want to do that. But it's like, I, I think it's like being able to appeal to a bunch of different demographics. I know I'm like kind of going all over the place here. I feel like that's like the key to a, gay, a great game designer because I would gladly work on My Little Pony if it's a game I'm putting out and I can make that game fun. You know? Like, well, yeah, and, and like, you, you know, somebody's got to make Hello Kitty Racer 5. Right. 
Someone has to. Like, it, it's a game out there. I don't know if it is a game, but... Well, I know there yeah. is a Hello Kitty racer, but I don't know okay. if there's four iterations of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. Someone has to make that. And, like, obviously it's not ideal. Obviously, obviously all of us want to work on, like... Um, Call Skyrim, of Duty. Or, like, Elder Scrolls Six. We all right. want to work on um, the new Call of Duty. Everyone wants to work on the new Halo. Like, every, everyone wants to do that. But, like, you got to start somewhere. That's why, like, like you said, throw words at the wall, vomit on the paper, uh, come up with the stupidest idea you can possibly think of, and then make it fun. People are going to download it. People are going to play it. And then you're going to realize, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, um, I'm preaching the truth preaching over here. Preaching the truth over right. here. <laughs> right? And dog with gaming. I, I, yeah. Like, he I feel like people failed up. Oh, go ahead. He understands, bro. I mean, like, he's oh, yeah. he's been he's had dogwood for five years, and like, it's tough to really figure out what somebody's gonna like to play. It, it really is. Oh, yeah. But you have to be passionate about the project that you're doing, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, like, like you and I have talked about several times, dude, and and, and you know we've had this conversation with Sam as well at Dogwood, saying you know even if we make one video game that only one person has enjoyed playing right. the entire career has been worth it. Oh yeah. Like it, it's that little bit of like, uh, not complacency. Um, shoot. What's the one I'm looking for? I don't know. You're the one um, in the master's program. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still a little brain dead. Um, contentness. It's that, it's that little bit of contentness in life that like, I'm just, I'm just doing what I love. Like, if you're not doing what you love in life, and like, are you really, like, sometimes you got to ask yourself the question, are you really living? Right. Like, like I, I would much rather have a bedroom house, maybe like, um, I don't know, I'm, I know nothing about square footage. Uh, there's a pastor in Kentucky who played Ashes of Kanaka for 800 plus hours. That made it right. Like, that's truly what makes this industry worth it. Um... You, you'll hear stories of uh, people how, oh, yeah, I was working myself to a grave. I think my internet just cut out a little bit. What was that? I said, I think my internet just cut out a little bit. Oh, yeah, you kind of froze there for a sec. Yeah. I thought you were just listening. But, no, it's uh, people, they, they work themselves to death, and they don't enjoy what they're doing. But, like, being able to enjoy what you're doing and still have all the qualities of life, like, man, honestly, I feel like that's what makes this all worth it. Like, heck, I, I will, excuse me, I will be staying up till 4 or 5 in the morning sometimes just working on my schoolwork. I go to bed. The next day I'm right back up, right crack at dawn, in school, sitting in my lectures. Um, and then during that time I'm coming up with ideas. Um coming up with ways that I can uh, help my friends and their content, coming up with like a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, Sam just messaged me real quick. Um, yeah, here. Um, I'm going to tell him we're going to – no, it's like I don't know. But I, I, I'm loving it. Like I, I'm, I'm drained. Like mentally I'm drained. But like every time I sit in front of my computer, I'm coming up with these ideas, man. Like I, I'm loving it. But anyway uh, – like, do you have any save rounds uh, for our introductions? Because I feel like our uh, audience probably wants to uh, hear what we're actually doing here and what gets the nitty-gritty part of it. Right, right. no. Um, I think you froze up again. 
No, I don't. Uh oh. No. All right. All right. Cool. I'm going to Thank go you. ahead and pull Sam in here. Um. By not, the way, Chad. This not is our boss. Just a, yeah. No. Not not our Dogwood Gaming Sam. Um. This is a friend of ours. He's the one who kind of encouraged us to do social interaction and deception games at first. Right. I, I assumed. Yeah. Um. He. Uh, this is not a regular thing. This is just he. He is the one who prompted us to do this, and I feel like it was a very good sort of um, segue to initiate our podcast. So I'm gonna go ahead and pull him in here. Sam, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Sam, that's good. That's good. Um, do you have anything you would like to say to the audience before uh, we start this thing up? Actually, start it up rather than just introductions. Hope everyone is having a nice day so far. All right. Good rest of your day. That was short and sweet. That's what I gotta say. Short, short and simple. I like it. All right, Sam. You have been on the record for saying that your favorite game is Among Us or Grounded. Now, I want to know why your favorite game is Among Us. It's because the concept of the game, really. Um... By that, I mean, like, how how they put the game together and um, the purpose of it, in my opinion. I feel like they're, um, oh, man. I mean, my brain needs to, like, wake up. <laughs> I woke up, like, five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start I'm gonna start my sentence over. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. Take your time. All right. We got time. We got time. Also, chat, do you like my coffee mug? I'm indeed the queen of everything. That's your woman's coffee mug. Don't even start. It, it, it is. It's definitely my woman's coffee mug. <laughs> it's so big. It could fit so much coffee. All right, I'm ready again. All right. Why is Among Us your favorite game? Like I just said, it, it's because of the concept of the game. Because I've always grown up playing these like games with my family and my friends, like Mafia and um, Midnight Werewolf. And um, it's always like... For like mafia, you got you can either have up to like four mafia members, and then you have all these like just random citizens that are just there, and they're trying to figure out who the mafia members are. So for Midnight Werewolf, like there's these two, uh, like two to two to four werewolves, and they're the bad guys just like they are in mafia, and people are have all these tasks that they're doing. And um, I'm going to call them quote-unquote tasks. Mm. And the werewolves are just there, and they're trying to make themselves seem not suspicious at all and act like they also were participating in these. And that's kind of why I like um, Mungus. And that's why, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite games, because it has kind of that concept about it. Like, you got one, two, rarely three imposters that are there in the game. And they have to pretend to be doing tasks so that way they don't seem suspicious or, um, and they gotta, then when they, when, and when they're like carrying out their tasks as the imposter, like being sneaky and planning their kills right, sabotaging, like for me, um, parts of those are just spread into these other games that I've played and it just makes me engage with it more. Whenever I'm the imposter, like, like trying to meticulously plan my stuff around, sometimes you fail, sometimes you don't, 
times you just blow the entire game and you're not suspicious. Those are the best. Those are the best kind of games. Yeah. All right, so um, breaking down crewmates and uh, impostors, what do you think, like, what, what is your favorite part about being a crewmate when you have to be a crewmate? The suspense, because okay. even though you know you're the crewmate, no one else knows that you're the crewmate because everyone doesn't believe anyone until they know that there's proof that you're innocent. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what about, uh, what about the imposter? What, what, what makes the imposter so fun? The killing. <laughs> the killing. killing. Yeah. Okay, besides, besides the killing, because we all love the killing of the imposter. Besides the killing, what makes it so fun? Being smart. Being smart? All right. Being a ton of imposter makes the game unfun, because you just spawn in, and then you see the, you see the imposter. Just like kill someone right in front of you, and then that's just the game. Like nothing happened. Right. No one got to do do anything. Like when you when they're planning out their stuff, and then uh, when you're the crewmate, you're like, uh oh, who just killed? And you gotta do that little bit of uh, investigation. That's that's my favorite part of the crewmate. I love the investigation. I like I'll follow people around. They'll say I'm sus. I don't gotta fit the meme, but they'll. I'll be their prime suspect. I was like, man, I'm, I'm just following you around. I'm trying to make you my suspect. Uh, like yeah, the, way you no. play. the way you play, when I played with you, like, you just followed me the, around the entire game, and then in the end, you're the freaking imposter. It's like, what? Sam, should we, should, we go ahead and, uh, should we go ahead and say how I played you? Yes, go ahead. So there was a game that Sam and I played in Among Us. Um, I did not kill anybody the entire game. The other imposter, he had uh, he had actually died off early, and I had turned the entire team against each other. I was just following Sam around. He was my alibi the entire time. <laughs> Finally, the last two people was my girlfriend and Sam, and what happened was all I had to do was just kill Sam. But no, they, the, they went the entire game thinking that I was just a crewmate. They... Um, I was pretending to do all my tasks. I was following them around. Uh, I turned the entire team against each other, and then at the end, I, I just killed Sam. And he goes back in the lobby. He's like, "Bro, what? There was no way. I did not suspect you at all." And it's like, um, I feel like my favorite part of the Among Us is the deception, which is kind of like that's our um, topic of the day. But no, I love the deception. That's my favorite part. Like I feel like I like to believe I'm a good liar. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn over here, but uh, but Curtis, uh, you have you played Among Us? Yeah, I've I've played it. I've actually done a lot more watching of Among Us than I've done playing. Um, it's like it's huge right now on on Twitch, on YouTube. Right. Uh, like everybody's playing it. And it's just one of those things where, like you said, this game's been out for two years, and it's just now starting to gain traction. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if that speaks to the game or just the fact that nobody had found it. Because it's one of those games, like, when you're watching it, you're kind of like, uh, you know, okay, this is cool. And then you start to hear people get really pissy with everybody. I mean, really oh, yeah. pissy. Like... I was watching one of them, and this girl was like, she wasn't the imposter, but everybody thought she was the imposter, and she was like, well, okay, fine, whatever, just kick me, and then when I die, and you're left with two, two imposters still, then you'll find out that you were wrong, and I wasn't the imposter, and I was right, and I was like, yo, chill 
out. Like, it's not right. that big of a deal. Like, stop acting sus. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Well, anyway, Sam, do you have any last bit of uh, things you'd like to say before Curtis and I get into uh, more game development side of this but Among Us? Ooh. Well, let me, let me think of a question. Why, why do you think that um, it took so long for this game to gain some traction? I think it's because of the Twitch streamers. It's because of them that games become really popular these days, really. Like, um, that's, a good, this that's a really good point you just brought up. Yeah. I'm trying to remember this. There was a certain game. I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember it. But um, it was out for like six months, about a year or two ago. And I would like scroll through. I was like, I would scroll down on my Twitch browser and I would see who's playing what. And I saw there, there was only like, 200 people streaming this game. I was like, oh, okay. It's cool. I didn't click on it um, because I was just seeing what was happening. Then checked later in that year and that game was just blowing up and they were just getting about um, I'm a Fortnite. What am I saying? Yeah, I'm talking about Fortnite. There was like no one no one was playing that game. But then all of a sudden oh, this game. it's getting like hundreds and thousands of views on Twitch. Right. Wait, what? So I had to check it out. So I downloaded the game, and I was like, oh, shit. This is kind of fun. Then I grew out of it because I got kind of bored of it, like everyone else who was streaming that game. But yeah, I, I, mean, grew, I grew out of Fortnite because everyone started building skyscrapers to the fucking heaven. Having epic money, I think, helped a lot. Too. Oh, yeah, no, definitely Dogwood. Um, but see, that that's and that's a good point that Sam brought up, that Dogwood brought up, because it's like, Epic has the money to be able to do the marketing for Fortnite, which once it started to gain a little bit of traction, you saw Fortnite everywhere, dude, everywhere. But like Among Us, that's a tiny little company. That's a small little like <clears throat> development company and, and they don't really have the money to be throwing it at Taco Bell and Walmart and Legos and you know everything else to promote their, their product. So that's probably, honestly, one of the reasons why it took so long for them to gain traction. But to Sam's point, once once everybody started playing it on Twitch, like, there are so many people that watch people game on Twitch. And a couple years ago, I didn't even really know about Twitch. And I was like, why would you watch somebody play a video game? Why wouldn't you just play the damn video game? And that might, that might be the, you know, the fact that I'm in my 30s and I just didn't understand it. But it, it's, it, it has traction. It really does. Mm-hmm. And if you've got one streamer that's playing a brand new video game that has like a thousand viewers and, and they're like, oh, hey, you know, this game looks really fun. Even if the game's five bucks, those thousand people, about a third of them, maybe two thirds of them are going to go buy that game. So that company just made... 600 sales at five bucks because one streamer with a thousand viewers was playing it. And mm-hmm. that's, and, and then those people are going to either stream it for their audience or tell their friends about it. And then it just multiplies, dude, just like word of mouth. And, I feel like marketing is a, is a type of virus. Um, if done properly, it can infect the entire world. I've seen a good way depending on the marketing strategy you're using, but uh, it's, uh, it's definitely like it, once, once they, the marketing strategists, they get their hooks into the uh, right demographic, 
it just spreads like a wildfire. And oh, I'm, honestly, I don't think the demographic matters because you gotta you gotta think like, um, let's just take for instance, Call of Duty. Like Call of Duty mm-hmm. is marketed towards adults, but right. the majority of the players are under 15 years old. Well, they also they, you also have to make sure that yes, it, it's rated M and like really only adults 17 plus can buy it. Excuse me, but you gotta think about it. They still gear a lot of the gameplay mechanics. They gear a lot of the uh, aesthetics. They gear they gear a lot of that stuff to that main 15 year old like target demographic in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. But then you've got um, then you've got like, games yes, like Splatoon, at, at face bro. value. You got sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you got games like Splatoon, which is no, no, you get it's geared, marketed, visually, mechanically, <laughs> and everything towards children, and adults like okay. that game more than the children do, man. I feel that. I like to think. I like to think of it like this. Uh, it's like a meme I saw. I, I could probably pull it up. I, I won't do it though. But you got um, uh, what was it? What was it? The target the uh, target demographic for uh, Pokemon. You have a kid. Yep. Um, the actual people who play it is an adult. The target demographic for Call of Duty is the adult, and the actual people who play it is the kid. No, that's absolutely um, correct. No, yeah. Like, obviously, as a kid, I loved Pokemon. Um, I still love Pokemon. As but, a kid, it's in my um, it's in my Switch right now, my guy. Right. Like, I remember buying my Switch. I waited so long to get the Switch too, though. Um, I think I got the Switch this year on my birthday. Like well, I think like three years after it finally came out, um, it was oh man, I was one of the last ones to buy it. But no, I, I love the Switch. But as I was getting it, the bundle I got was with um, Breath of the Wild, which by the way, that game is phenomenal. Chat, we are going to be covering that the moment we get a game capture card. So if you actually, before I gotta do a little bit of plugging, if you want to support this channel. Please hit that follow button. This will also be posted on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Uh, get the bell notifications for more videos like this. Uh, or if you just want to join the community, hit the chat exclamation point dev time. Uh, I'll go ahead and put that in there. That's so you guys can come in, chat with us. Um, we also have that timed um, message to come out. But... No, if you just want to, if you want to support this channel, if you want to support our uh, Sparta server, uh, we'd love to have you. We'd love to get to know you a bit more. Just hop in, join. Um, it'll really help us because every every bit of uh, support that we get, we can pour back into the community. Um, but anyway, the point was, um, the moment we get a capture card, we're going to be covering Breath of the Wild. That way, we can get some actual good gameplay. Put that up on the uh, the stream and whatnot. Anyway, I remember like. What games can I buy when I bought my Switch? Pokemon Sword and Shield was the first game that came to mind. I haven't played a good Pokemon in a long time. And yeah, they kind of made a baby mode Pokemon, but man, I still love it. It kind of changed the way you play Pokemon with like the open world aspect of uh, the hunt or the uh, wild zone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was was crazy. It was crazy. Like, normally it's just, it's very isometric. It's very linear. And now this one, they kind of made it so like, the world is like your decisions matter now like okay if i'm gonna walk into a level 60 area with a level 20 pokemon i'm gonna get my ass beat <laughs> uh which by the way happened to me like <laughs> i wandered into uh what well, was just uh walking around the wild zone i just i walked in i saw an onyx i was it was a level like 30 onyx i was like oh bro i could get an onyx already sweet and i was unaware i walked into that battle i saw the level 35 I'm like, oh, man, I'm level 11. Run. 
didn't let me go away. I had to wait till like almost like four of my Pokemon uh, fainted. I was like, okay, I'm getting out of here. No, yeah, like I, I can I can agree with that whole concept of like demographics. Um, I feel like to an extent they matter, but it, it's also just about um, who actually picks it up and actually like runs with that marketing strategy that the marketing strategists actually use. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're Which, right. man, I'm, I'll be honest. This last class I just finished, there, there is like so much that goes into just shipping a title, and I'm pretty sure Dogwood Gaming can even attest to this. Like, it takes the marketing strategists, it takes the business analysts, it takes the game developers, it takes the game artists, it takes the producers, it takes the investors, and there's so many factors and stakeholders that come into producing and developing a game it's mind-blowing i think of it as a uh, an iceberg you got like you what you see and what we see when we're playing a game it barely scratches the surface you got the little the uh if uh, if i can explain this metaphor a little bit if you haven't seen the picture of an iceberg from the side view you have maybe like a fifth at most heck that's even being generous you have like a fifth of the iceberg above the water and you have like thousands of feet of uh, the iceberg at the uh, under the sea level and like that's how gaming and that's how the game design industry is what we play and what we actually see even like heck even twitch what we see on twitch barely scratches the surface you barely see that one-fifth of the iceberg but once you actually get into the nitty-gritty part you got mile not miles but you got like thousands of feet of iceberg still left unseen and untouched and on uh untapped and it's like this market's blowing the hell up yeah. But it's um, there's still a lot that people don't even know. Like if shit, VR even VR is still trying to find its niche. Um, it's starting to get there though. Like VR is really starting to get some some traction. And oh like, yeah, right. It it's still it really is still in its infancy. Those submersive games like Subnautica. So I know you oh, played yeah. Subnautica VR on the channel, but it's I'm like be playing that a little later. By the way, chat. It's what one of those this? things where it's like... Hey, welcome, just, uh, welcome. But it's one of those things where, like, both of us have played Subnautica. We love it. It's one of those things where... It's one of those things where we... We, we love the game. It's immersive. It's scary. The first time you see a Reaper, you almost need to go change your underwear. <laughs> yep. But doing it in VR is like... Because when you're in VR, there's like it's like nothing else. Like, you're not actually in the world. You're right. in oh, yeah. that world, and if you're in that world, like I don't, I don't even know. Is it is it hard to think that you can't breathe sometimes? Like that you're actually like you feel like you're scuba diving. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. right. And that's that's what's even more crazy about uh, Subnautica too. Like just adding to that, playing on the computer, I feel like I am underwater. Those developers. So um, if you're unfamiliar with the engine. The engine they used was actually created on Unity, which I think is it blows my mind because Unity is such a obscure game engine to create on, and uh, the engine that they use they created on a freeze frame, right? Right, Vidgrad. Uh, we fixed the internet being wonky at the moment. Yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but so the game engine that they made, their game engine was it was made on unity which like i said blows my mind unity is a very obscure engine if you're going to do any sort of game development i'd say use unreal i'm still trying to get into unreal i was that guy who's uh, making games on unity for the longest time it's hard it's really hard but on other world entertainment they made such a phenomenal and immaculate game 
and the physics are they blow my mind like i like i said i, I feel like i am underwater even playing on the computer but when i put that vr headset on because i'm also i also like scuba diving i feel like i obviously i don't have the uh pressure around my body and i don't have to equalize as i go down but i feel like i am underwater like the movement how it's so slow and it's weighted it's not too floaty because a lot of games when they're creating an underwater uh, swimming mechanic feels very floaty and it feels very like you're flying in a sense but no this game you feel like you are swimming and it always just it it, it blows my mind like I, I want to be that person because i love physics i love math any any sort of that stuff i want to be that person to be able to uh create that physics engine and it's just like i want to understand and I want to get to know the physics engines a bit more because, like, it, like I said, it, it blows my mind the way they were able to pull that off. Honestly, like, I, I will sit in Subnautica sometimes in VR, like, without streaming or anybody watching. I'll just, I'll just enjoy myself. I'll swim around, pick up the fish, hold a, uh, hold a cuttlefish or not a cuttlefish, a, a bladder fish, and let it go. It, it's crazy. It, it's, it just blows my mind. Like, they, they did a fantastic job. We did get a anyway, little off topic, though. <laughs> we got way off topic. I just realized that. Um, Sam, I want to say thank you for joining us. I think we're going to get back into the initial point of this this first podcast. But I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, it was very much appreciated. Thank you for giving us the idea to do Among Us because, yeah, you too, uh, you too Sam. Uh, Dogwood Gaming Sam. We're not ending the stream. I'm saying Sam Sam in the chat, this guy right here. Yeah, me, Sam. Um, <laughs> I'm also Sam. We're going to get into the actual uh, – no, yes, Sam. <laughs> I'm going to call Sam Dr. Sammy. Um, Dr. Sammy, thank you for joining us. It's greatly appreciated. We're going to get to the actual game design standpoints of Among Us and why they work and what makes it fun. Probably get off topic again because that's who me and Curtis are. Right before you leave – is there anything you would like to add before you hop out real quick? You have 30 seconds. And nine. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, yeah, just... Oh, crap, I just had something. If you're watching on YouTube, like I said earlier, like and subscribe. Hit that bell notification. And for those in chat, thanks for having me on. Listen to me ramble just a little bit about my... <laughs> My, my happiness for Among Us and why it's such my one of my favorite games. And also, just to throw my little point in that I was going to make earlier, bitch and all these streaming platforms are the new YouTube for Let's Plays. I agree. Yeah. No, you're 100% yeah. right, man. Thanks for having me on, boys. And By the way, Sam, I'll be, playing, I'll be playing some uh, Among Us, or not Among Us, um, Subnautica VR, and after that, I'm going to be playing some Asmophobia later if you want a game. Just... Get that out there real quick. Uh, anyway, you have a good rest of your day, Dr. Sammy. It's good talking to you. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one, Sammy. All right. So, now that we're back on topic, finally, chat. Among Us. We, we got some very good information why it's fun, um, why Sam thinks it's fun, why I think it's fun. But, like, we, we want to talk about why those aspects are fun. Um, I think we touched base on the investigation, the anxiety, and the deception of it all. Like, why, why do those work in a video game? Like, why do people think, you know what, I want to stress the player out. I want to induce a bit of stress and emotion. 
And Curtis, what do you think? Why do why do game designers and game developers why do they induce want to induce a, a feel of stress or anxiety? And it doesn't it doesn't it could be horror game, could be um, racing game. But why do, why do they why do you think they do that? I mean, honestly, if if a if a game designer can make a player feel any emotion, they've done their job correctly. Be it and that, literally any emotion. If you can make a player happy, feel anxiety, like. It, if you can do it, you've done your job. And the way that Among Us does it is because you never know if you're safe or not unless right. you're the imposter. And even if you're the imposter, there's like 16 different things going through your head. Like, oh, my kill timer's on a cooldown. You know, I just walked past this body. Oh, my God, somebody just watched me walk out of the room. They're going to walk in that room and see a dead body, and they're going to be like – so, <laughs> does somebody want to tell me why that looks so suspicious? Because it's like, right. you know, and then right then and there, the player's like, oh, shit. Oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> here, like, here it comes. And that's that's what you, like, you're making the player feel an emotion. And if you can do that, you have succeeded. Right. I don't know. I don't know how. They planned it. I, you know, I, I think they were just sitting in a room and they're like, okay, so listen, here's my pitch for a game. You're on a spaceship and the spaceship has to be fixed, but there's going to be one person that runs around and tries to kill everybody else before they can fix it. Right. And, and they were like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go. Hmm. So it's like, it, it's one of those things where, sorry, it's one of those things where you got to, and I don't really know how to, how to put this into words, but just knowing that something that simple of a concept doesn't have to like again graphics don't make games story and play play gameplay make games and this is very heavy on gameplay i mean you know and it's very simple tasks like grab this id card and swipe it oh you swipe too fast and then that now you're standing there at the id card or id card reader and you're like trying to slowly do it now oh you went too slow and you're like oh god if i don't hurry up with this somebody's going to run in and chop my head off and i'm dead right and and so even something as simple as swipe this card induces an extreme amount of anxiety right and no i agree i also think you were touching base on the imposter how even then, like you, you're never safe. I feel like uh, wait, Vidrog is in here. What a champion! Yeah, Vidrog. Um, we're happy to have you here. We're happy to have everyone in the chat. But what was I saying? I completely lost my train of thought there. Something I was touching base on with the imposter. Oh yeah, so the imposter. Uh, the imposter. No, no, no. You, you're good, Dogwood. Don't worry about it. The imposter has to treat their lives, and this isn't me saying like a murderer should treat their lives any greater than. Uh, <laughs> A common civilian in the game Among Us, the there are if you're playing with two imposters, you have there's only I think it's 24% of the crew depends on how many people you're playing with. There's 20% of the crew is an imposter. Therefore, you have 80% of the crew being a crewmate. You have to treat your life as more significant as an imposter than the crewmate because you can easily just say depends on how many people are alive as well. Uh, crewmate-wise, say you had, say one person was killed, you can easily be like, hey, so I saw this person kill them, and that's why there's the common strategy, and this is why I turn off confirm ejects, by the way. But there's the common strategy of, oh, I saw this person do it, vote them out, 
if it's not them, then vote me. Because the crewmates, they really realize, like, if the, I don't matter in this game. I my the point of me existing in this game is to evict all the all the imposters. So they can kind of be like loose on their. I'm trying to think of the right word. Loose on their the way they treat their own lives as the crewmate in the game. I'm not saying like treat their own lives in real life, but in in the game they can be loose about how they consider themselves because they really are the crewmate. I hate to say it, is very meaningless in the game Among Us. Besides from completing tasks and finding out who the imposter is, they're really just there as cannon fodder. But like the imposter, you if you only have two of them, you you only have twenty percent of the entire crew, and it can shrink down. So if there's eight people, I think it's twenty four percent, a little over twenty four percent of the crew is the imposters, and they really have to be stingy and focus on what their actions are because one slip up, man, they can get one of them ejected out of there, and now it's only you have eleven percent of the crew is the imposter, and now. 90 or 89 percent of the crew is the crewmate so it actually like shifted so like i said that it, it all goes back to so the crewmate everyone feels a somewhat of an emotion in that game and i forgot how we got to this point but it was uh man, well, i, I, I mean, we forgot were, how we got to this point we were we were just saying how like what makes it fun and honestly like oh yeah it's, it's the emotion that's right i really think it's the emotion because because like we were saying it, even something so simple as running down to the trash chute to start throwing all those leaves out of the trash chute, mm-hmm. you know, as you're throwing those leaves out, you're like, oh my God, I got to hurry up, hurry up, get all these leaves out. Because if you're not looking at your screen, like the world screen, and you're on the little pop-up window where you really right. can't see anything, like when that task window pops up, you really don't know what's going on around you. And impo- the imposter right. could run up and just off you at any moment, any point in mm-hmm. time. And that fear and that anxiety is what I really think drives this game to be fun. Well, I think what um, there's a there's this, uh, a, a good game development term for that. I want to find it, but I think it's like it's field of view. I want to say is it field of view? It's not field of view, but there's a common game or there's a very important game design term. I feel like they touched on this a little bit, but it's. Uh, when they're doing their tasks, you do, so you don't want to overload the player on information. So if you have, like, in one side, you, if you had the task on this side and then you had the game on this side, you it would overload the player. But they, the way they uh, compromise that, they say, okay, we're going to just have the entire task pop up in the player's field of view, but that's also going to hinder the player, so they really have to be aware of where their, what their surroundings are, which I think they tap into another term called wayfinding, which um, this isn't necessarily for while you're doing tasks. You really have to plan out your routes and where you're going because there's only a very limited field of view. A lot of top-down games, you can see the entire map, but what they do, which I think is really neat, is they create like a cone vision in a sense. And depending on where you're looking, you're going to see shadows in a corner. So you can't just walk into a room, especially electrical. I get killed in electrical more than any other room in the game. But you walk into electrical, you can't just run in there all willy-nilly and go do a task because you've got the imposter probably hanging out in the corner ready to kill. You really have have to sneak in there a little bit, check your corners, then you have to walk up to your task at the very top. You have to kind of look around and be like, okay, I'm safe. And I feel like that kind of like builds on that level of 
suspense and anxiety, you, the emotion you were talking about. Because, um, by the way, Chet, there's two, there's different types of people who work on gaming, like the game in general. You have the game artist, which they do all the art. You have the game designer, which that's what me and Curtis are. We, um, we're the common ground between the art and the development side. So we have to think as well of the like what we're inducing in the in the player because the game developer they're just creating all the systems for it. They don't care what the player is thinking, to be honest. That's true. Yeah, but so like we have we're. I I, I was gonna say, um, game, <coughs> game designers make rules. They craft rules that allow someone to be engaged, challenged, immersed, and have fun. Right. Like that's what a designer does. You have to think about everything as a designer. It's not something that you right. can just. Oh, I, I want to make Hello Kitty meets Harry Potter. Like, you can't just throw some stuff right. at a wall. Even though, you know, earlier we talked about word vomit when you're coming up with ideas. Like, yeah, that's cool, but not everything's going to stick. Well, right. The ideas you're going to be using, those are – you're going to pull those ideas from your word vomit. And like you were saying, you like 15 features for only four features in the game. Like, what the hell? Right. But it's like, yeah, like you don't want to have only four features and realize potentially – all four of those features are horrible and you can't use any of them because now you've done several months of pre-production and then you're just SOL. Right. Or then you get stuck in that, in that loop where it's like, you know, uh, Oh, none of this works. So let's go ahead and revisit this. Or like you get into the actual part where you start putting these mechanics into the game and then you're playing it and you're like, you know what? This isn't fun. This isn't right. fun. So then you, you turn back around and you start, you go in this loop where you come up with ideas and then you implement the ideas and then they don't work and then you come up with new ideas. But if you just come up with all these ideas at once, you've got it's stuff to come. choose. Right. Right. Well, I was going to say something on that in terms of uh, Among Us. And, well, I completely uh, – I, I forgot what I was going to say uh, in terms of that. But yeah, no. So we, we really have to focus on like what we want the player. We want to engage the player. And that's another thing actually. There's a difference between fun gameplay – and immersive gameplay. Yes. Immersive gameplay turns out to be fun because you feel like you are in that environment. Fun gameplay just means, okay, I'm having fun playing, pick up the controller, enjoy myself for a little bit, put it down. But immersive gameplay, we, as game designers, what we want to do is we want to basically convince the player to play this game for hours and hours and hours on it. Not saying make it an addiction and like spend all your time and money into a video game. I would love for that to happen. Uh, for anybody playing my games, not going to lie. But when we're making games, we kind of want to, uh, it's like a pitch. When you're going to an investment meeting and you want to you get an investor to invest money in your company, that's really how it is when we're making games. Like we want to pitch, we're pitching you a game on release essentially, and we want you to spend money and we want, to, want you to spend more money on it. I'm not saying I'm in it for the money, but to an extent, like this is my career and this is what I'm doing, I kind of need money from it. So we want to, uh, we still, we're trying to uh, convince you to play this game over and over and over again. So we want to immerse the player. And going back to Subnautica, honestly, I feel like Subnautica does a great job of immersing the player and convincing them that they are in this in this world. They are stuck on a world by themselves. There's a virus that they're going to, well, they're going to, uh, they're going to contract the virus and like they need to get out. Like th this is an unsafe environment. It's 90% water. There are creatures that want to kill you. So I feel like Subnautica does a great way of like pulling people back in. We want to pull you back in. Right. Like I mean, Call of Duty, like it, it, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, Among Us does the same thing. In Among right. Us, you you really feel like you're a part of that crew. You know, oh, you know, this crew is on a spaceship that's stranded in space because all of these things are broken on the ship. And, hmm. oh, shit, we need to fix it. You know, and, and, and right. you know from the start that there's somebody on that ship or people on that ship that are trying to kill you. And you're just like, uh, okay, shit. Like, what, what do I do? What do I Right, right. And so, like, that's that's a, a prime example of an immersive game. Exactly. I feel like that, that kind of touched up on our next question. It was going to be, why do people gravitate towards Among Us? And it's like, it is that level of immersion and emotion. That or they just want to kill their friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, that, that's why that's why I gravitate to it. I love being the imposter. But no, it's it really, I feel like, you're, you hit it, hit the nail right on the head. We are whoever made Among Us. I still don't remember who made Among Us, but I can look that he up did a quick. really, really good job of, of pulling the player back in. And the microtransactions in that game too—they're genius. It's like that's uh, another thing of, uh, uh, about the gaming industry. If you can do microtransactions properly, you have successfully made an, an amazing game. Obviously, I'm not saying all microtransactions are good. There are a lot of bad ways to do microtransactions. For example, with Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, the first one that came out, not the old school ones, but the ones made by EA. Oh, that was a horrendous way to do microtransactions. The um, loot crates, it was, this, you're, you, it was gambling. The, it was gambling. It, yeah. Um, also, it was Intersloth. Like, Intersloth is the developer of Among Inner Us. Intersloth, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, Intersloth, they did a really good job of creating a free game with just microtransactions on our aesthetics. Those are the microtransactions that I want. I don't want to be able to, or I don't want to have to pay to win a game. Like, you can play that game among a no paid right, dog with no pay to win, hashtag no pay to win. Like, yes. that, that infuriates me. Like, when I play a game, I want to pay the $60 that I paid for and be able to play the entire game. I don't want to have to pay for, hey, here's a gun that's going to god tier level damage pay for this gun, and you can basically win every single game. It's like, why? Why? Give it to me on launch. But if you want to make microtransactions that are purely aesthetic, fucking do it. Like, I, I do not care. Like, I will pay to have a skin. Like, that's just who I am. I want to have a fun skin. Yeah, and, uh, and like, customizable, like you were talking about skins or, like, hats or... Right, yeah, dog, it's, it's an easy way to support developers, 100%. Especially if the game is free, like Fortnite. The game is free... They have to make their money somehow. I'm not, personally not a fan of Fortnite, but like they have to make their money. They're so epic. What do they, do? they have money. Well, when it first came out, they had to make their money back on it. But no, I, I understand. Right. But anyway, continue your thought. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was just saying, like you know, a, a weapon skin, a hat, uh, a funny costume. Like these are things that that the average gamer loves. You know, it, right? If I can say like. You know, going to Fortnite, if I can say, oh, I look like Thor, or I look like Iron Man, or I look like I'm made of electricity, and I only have to pay three bucks for that skin, four bucks for that right. skin, I'm probably going to do it if I've got the extra money, and I really enjoy right. playing the game. Like, it's just exactly. one of those things. But no, yeah, if you're, if you're sitting over here, like, if I, if I had to pay to be the imposter in Among Us, I would never play the game. I'd no. be like, all right, see you later. But no, it's just like... You want, you want a funny skin? You want a, uh, a hat that is a knife in the game inside your head to look like uh, 
because they just recently updated it for uh, Halloween. Okay. And one of the one of the hats is you can have a knife in your head. Okay. So like, like if you want to if you want to pay to look a little bit like spoopy, yeah, sure. I mean, why not? I'll I'll do it. I, like that that's who I am. Right. Like, like that's your that's your objective. Like your your prerogative. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's one of those things where, again, your people are going to pay a little bit of money to be able to look the way that they want to look. Exactly. And, and if there that takes four bucks, there who just takes like, four bucks. Even, right. Uh, and there are people out there who think they're not going to pay anything, which is fine. Like, they are still immersed in the game. They are still having fun. They are still getting able to uh, get all the qualities and all the fun aspects that someone who put in potentially hundreds of dollars into a, a certain game. Like, for me, I, pl- uh, I play Apex. I used to play quite often. I haven't played it much recently, but I used to play a lot of Apex Legends. And you have all these people running around buying who bought battle passes. I never bought the battle passes. I had just as much fun as my friend who bought every single battle pass. I just having like, oh, hey, that's a pretty cool skin. Maybe I'll unlock it with the crafting, the in-game currency. But no, I don't. I don't need to buy it with actual money, and I, I'm going to get some sort of edge. Right. I think I think it's having that really kind of pulls from that immersion. It's just like, hey, mom, get the credit card. I need to win this game. <laughs> like, like what, if you're having to say that to yourself, not obviously, hey, mom, but if you're having to say, I need to win this game, I'm going to pay money, switch switch the game. Stop playing that game. Put no. the controller down. It's not worth your time. You're absolutely um, right. You're absolutely right. It, yeah, so like that's uh, I know we kind of went off way on a tangent with microtransactions, but I remember there was a huge debacle, especially even with uh, Call of Duty World War Two. They did this as well, where you had to get uh, the loot boxes, which battle passes. They I feel like battle passes ended loot crates. Like you, you'll still have I think in a lot of the games you'll have like a small loot crate that you get for leveling up. Like, it's not going to be, like, significant for, like, any sort of player. It's all random still. Yeah. But the battle passes, they made it so, like, this gear that you want, we'll give it to you. You just have to pay us money still. Like, we created a free game for you. Uh, Warzone, Apex, Fortnite, all these companies do it. It's like, yeah, hey, we'll give you. And they also have a free version of the battle pass, too. But, yeah. I mean, you've also got games like Overwatch, where Overwatch is, you know, like as you level up or as you do certain things, you'll you'll get a loot crate. But it's, I mean, I I really really hate loot crates because it is so much gambling. Like I would rather go to the Hard Rock Casino with two grand than play a game with loot crates. Like I feel that I feel that it's it's yeah, no, ridiculous. It's, it is, and I like. I feel like the gaming industry had a steady decline for a while when, during that time where loot crates were a huge thing. And I, I'm so thankful. It's like trying to get CSGO skins all... Yes. Oh, my God. $3,000 skins? Pretty much. Like you, You're paying so much money for in CSGO to unlock one skin. And it's, it's literally like... It, I don't know if anyone has seen the patents for it either, but it is nearly criminal. The patents were leaked for uh, I want to say it was CS:GO. It was it was it was so criminal that they basically were saying it's like we want the player, we want to get them addicted to paying for loot crates. And I was like, you want to what? That that's disgusting. Like you want to get the player addicted to a gambling gambling like it was Sony. Yeah, that's right. You're right. It was Sony. Um, I was I was blown away 
I was like, this is the this is the industry I'm wanting to step into. No, like I'm not going to be that person. They were going to push loot crates if you were struggling in a game. Yeah, but no. that's but that's like, pay to win. Like that goes right, right back to the pay to win, win thought process. Right. Like I, I I'm the kind of person. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about this yesterday with uh, botting uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Just play the game honestly. Like right. nobody likes a cheater. Like if I'll say this, I'll, I'm gonna rephrase this. Play the game honestly. Nobody likes a cheater. But if you're cheating for your own benefit in a game that only affects you, the individual, or it's a team-based game and everyone is okay with it, like uh, Call of Duty Zombies, if you want to mod that game and everybody is okay with it, by all means, go ahead. That's your own uh, provocative. But if you're doing it and you want to get an edge against other players, and it's it's you have to be PvP per, uh, per se. But if you're trying to get an edge against other players, stop playing games. Like I, you're, you're a disgusting human being. Like if you're doing it for your own benefit and it's only affecting you, the individual, and nobody else, I mean, yeah, sure, Mike, go ahead and do it. Like I, I have been known to insert cheat codes in Grand Theft Auto. I've been known to enter uh, dev codes while playing Subnautica Solo just to kind of get a feel for the game. And be like, what can I actually do? Never in my life have I been like, oh, hey, I am bad at Call of Duty. I'm going to install a JTAG on my Xbox just so I can kill a bunch of people. Look, man, we all spawn with a jetpack in San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It like, happens. That's fun. They, like, that's but, fun. But again, they wouldn't have put those codes in the game if they didn't intend for the player to use them at some capacity. Exactly. Exactly. If you, um, if you didn't want people to spawn in the helicopter in Grand Theft Auto V... You wouldn't have given them the ability to oh, put right, the cheat right, code in. Again. Right, right. I, yeah. And developers, they know. They know that people like to cheat. Like, I, I am, for myself, I, I will cheat for me as an individual in video games sometimes. Because it's like, ah, I want an extra edge. I want to cheese this game real quick. I'll also play games, honestly. Subnautica, I have a save where I have dev coded the hell out of it. I, I wanted to push the game to its limit and see how much I can actually do in that game. So I think I created like a, a base. I, I was in the process of creating a base around the entire ocean in Subnautica below zero. And I broke that save essentially. Like I, I every time I loaded in, it took like 30, 30 seconds to actually turn my camera 90 degrees. Hmm. So it's like, that was more for me saying, I want to see what I can do or what this game is capable of. Right. But I also wanted to create a, I also wanted to create a save where it's just like, how can I, like, I want to play this game as an actual survivor. I want to be, make sure I have the bare minimum of necessities, and I want to basically struggle. Um, and it's, it's like, that's like you said, people are going to want to do that. So that's why the developers, like, I'm going to do it when I create games. Like, I'm going to put in, hey, here, you want to push the game's capacity? Here's a dev code. Spawn in 50 chickens. Skyrim did it. Um, right. They installed mods in Skyrim. Uh, same with Fallout 4. The developers but, like, yeah, hey, we know players want to do it. We know players enjoy doing this. It doesn't affect anybody else. It only affects them. Go ahead and do it. But that's why, like, online video games, they have anti-cheat software because they know people are going to want to do it, and then they want to get on that quick and then ban them. And, man, that was another tangent, but, like, I, it's just it, the gaming industry, once you realize, like like I said, it's, it all goes to that tip of the iceberg uh, ideology it really gets frustrating the deeper and deeper you get onto the iceberg because there's so much more that like we don't see when just playing the video game. 
me personally, and I know Curtis is as well, and I'm pretty sure Dogwood could even attest to this. When I play a video game, I'm no longer just playing a video game. Ever since I've been through this process of playing or getting my bachelor's, I'm looking for every single little flaw. <laughs> it, it frustrates me sometimes because my girl will be playing, uh, what were we playing? We were playing, I think it was Black Ops 2 Zombies. And it's, it's a pretty decent game, but there are still some bugs. And I was like, looking at this game, I was just like, man, the... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the running, and it's, it's still pretty damn near perfect, but there was one issue where I clipped through a wall, and I was like, man, clipping rate, or clipping issues, like, I just clipped through this wall a little bit. She's like, why does that matter? I was like, well, I mean, I'm holding my gun. This is a physical object, and my gun is clipping through the wall. That shouldn't be happening. She's like, but it's just a video game. Who cares? I was like, but my gun is clipping through the wall. Like, that bothers me. It's like, it shouldn't bother the normal player. They're not going to care. Like, as I've been, like, seeing, I've been bug testing my own games. I've been breaking apart my games. You just start to realize you see games for what they truly are becoming a developer. And it, it can kind of ruin video games for you. Like, I, there are times where I've seen, like, my favorite video games kind of ruined. And it's just like, well, I'm not going to stop playing it. But, I like, I this mindset of where I'm in, like, I can't get out of it. And it's just like, I want to be able to play video games again with a fresh mindset of, like, just like, I'm just a kid playing a video game. Yeah. Now, so I was going to say to that point, like I was playing something with my girl and and she was stuck. Like she was just stuck, couldn't do anything, didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you do this, put that here, do that, and then do this. And it worked exactly like I said it to and it, she could progress. And she was like, how did you know how to do that? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, when you right. when you've gone through school for this kind of thing, you don't just see the video game anymore. You see everything that makes up the video game. I see I, I see collision boxes and capsule colliders oh, yeah. and everything now when I'm playing the game. And it's not just like like obviously it's not there. Like it's a released copy of the game, but I I'm like, okay, I can see this. I, I know it's there. And I know that if I walk in front of this door and I have the card, eventually I'm going to hit a collision box that's going to open the door. Right. And like, hell, even like, I'm not going to get into what the uh, actual project is because I, I, it's out of my jurisdiction to say. But when you were showing me that level design, I'm not going to say what it's for. My girl was uh, sitting next to me. And I was like, man, look at this. This looks awesome. And she's like, what is it? You can okay. So uh, the level design for uh, Ashes of Kanaka that you showed me for um, Most Pulse Trace, I was looking. I was like, Oh my God, this looks so cool! Like I saw a city. I saw a cityscape from a two D like piece of like from, from a three right. D piece of paper essentially. And my girl sitting there just like, What? What? What is that? All I see is boxes and lines and stuff. I was like, No, that's a city. And she's like, I think you're going to go crazy. Like I, that blew my mind. I was like, Holy shit! Like Curtis, this is amazing. Like I, this this design, like I saw what the end project uh, product could be, and like that's what it is. Uh, once you become, it, it takes a bit of spatial awareness, and once you start u utilizing these practices every single day, it's literally just like, yeah, okay, I can see that. I see what we're, what you are working on, and I see what that finished project can look like. Obviously, so stuff is subject to change, but still, it's like. It's crazy. Like I, like, my mind has been altered when it comes to uh, any type of different. What is it? Any type of different UI designs, even um, flowcharts now. 
I will look at a flowchart and be like, I can, I know exactly what that rule does. Right. I, I know exactly what that mechanic you're making does. Exactly. And it's uh, like, like it kind said, of it, gets, it kind of ruins video games for you. It really does. Because right, right. like going through school, going through school when I started learning about all of this, and I started actually having that that fifth, sixth, seventh sight where you like are seeing all this stuff in the game that's not really there, but you can physically see it because you know that it's there and that's how it makes the game work. It's like, I told myself, I never want to work on an RPG because I absolutely love RPGs. And then as time's gone on, here you are working on an RPG. Right. Because as (laughs) as time's gone on, I'm like, okay, I want to do this because I want to see how much work really does go into this. Because Green. take Final Fantasy XV, for instance, just the aspect of the car, like the, the, the car and being able right. to drive around and having the mocap for the for all four members being there. And the fact that you can either a fast travel, b drive the damn car yourself or c get somebody else to drive the car and you can just sit there and watch them have an interactive conversation with each other. Like, right. it, like it's not a damn video game. Like you're actually watching a group of four friends take a fucking road trip to go kill a monster. Right, right. The the development that goes into that is absolutely astounding. Oh yeah, and this like actually, I want to touch on Dogwoods or Sam's comment. He said, "My God, yes, it does ruin video games for you, LMAO. I, yeah, it really does. There'll be times like I like I have been working on a game for so long. I don't even want to." like, play a game. Like, my buzz would be like, hey, let's play some, uh, well, what, what game was it at the time? My friends, when I was playing, um, uh, I think it was, it was Apex, for sure. But, hey, man, let's play some Apex. You haven't been on in, like, three weeks. I was like, no. I was working on my capstone project, and my buddies from Chicago, they were like, hey, man, come on, yo, I haven't seen on Apex. And I was like, I am not playing Apex. I'm making it, or I've been making a video game for so long. I just want to sit down and relax, watch some TV. Right. Like, what, what are you working on? I was like, it's a puzzle game. They're like, those are two different things. It's like, well, you don't understand. It's like you make a, make a burger every day for so long. You're just not going to want to eat, like, steak. They're two different things, but you're not, it's just, yeah. We, we had to test Ashes 56 times through all four endings. That's when it started. Yeah. No, for, <laughs> for real. For real, dog. Right, We're like, right. I can promise you this man has never played his own Ashes game all the way through because he already played it through. Right, right. So he's he's not going to sit there and play it for fun. It right. And it's it's a little heartbreaking for sure. Like man, do you play uh yeah, I have like 30 minutes on Steam. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. That, that makes sense. Have you played since it's been released? Or since it's been finished, have you played your Capstone game, Curtis? Maybe like twice, and that was just a okay. test. But right, like, no, like for fun, were you, did you ever sit down and be like, "Man, I want to play this game. I'm so excited." No, were you, were you, no. Do you know how many times no. I played that game through to make sure that there was no bugs or I caught all right. the bugs? Like, oh god, right. get out, dude! I I was like, I'm, I, and I told myself, I'm like, I'm never going to play this game. But that's the thing. Oh, yeah. You play the oh, game man, so much, developing it. it. Like, you really play the game so much that you've already played the game. Oh, my God. That would be tragic. Sam said, imagine making something like Skyrim and hating it. Oh, that would that would hurt. I love Skyrim. Skyrim is one of my favorite games. Right, but, if you, but game if you developed it, bro, think about right. it. If you developed it and you had to make sure that the skill trees worked properly and that when everything went right. off, 
or that like as you used your powers or your sword or your shield that as you used it you gained that experience to actually get the levels to go up and you had to play you had to dump like thousands of hours into the development of these these mechanics you're not going to play it i right. i could almost promise you nobody from inner sloth plays among us because they probably put so right, much time right. into get into developing that game and making sure that all the mechanics worked and everything was properly well working for lack of a better phrase but i just didn't want to say work 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 but they, I mean, there's probably that one person. There's probably that one person who like enjoyed the process so much that they're probably like, "Hey, I'll, I'll play it every once in a while." But for yeah, no, for the most part, like I enjoyed the process of making my capstone game for sure. But it's also at the, at the same time, I was like, there were so many issues my team ran into. I'm like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not joking when I say this. I that was the only time in all of my undergrad that I actually truly understood what the pipeline and development process is truly like. Capstone was the only one because we always worked on these month-long projects and we throw them away. Working on a project from start to finish, from the planning phase all the way through pre-production, production, testing, launch, um, or beta, launch, all those phases, going through all of those phases made me, oh, that was the automatic message. It literally, like, I didn't have any sort of, like, that, that was something completely new to me. I was just like, holy hell, like, what is going on? But uh, in, in a minute here, I kind of want to take a quick break so me and Curtis can take a quick breather for five minutes. Uh, at 125, I think we'll be back at 130. Uh, what do you say, Curtis? I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Dogwood says, that's why seeing a game to the finish is a big thing on res- – oh, yeah, no, for real. Um, it's one thing to say you have – uh, a published title but if you have said yeah i worked on like skyrim for example i worked on skyrim from start to finish people are going to be like i want that guy that guy i need him on my team now yeah it's 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 really something that like that people look for that like um don't get me wrong i'm truly grateful for the um opportunity you gave me with dogwood and working on knife fight but stepping in at the very last minute not only did I feel kind of a little bit of a disconnect from the project, and this is just me being completely honest here, I, feel, I did feel a little bit, because I didn't work on it, like I didn't have that same intimacy as uh, the people who started on it. I still enjoyed every bit of it, every testing with Curtis. I was like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be working on this from the start, I'm gonna have that level, level of intimacy uh, working on this. And I, it's like, it's gonna be refreshing to like, not obviously, Going through the process might be a little rough because it always is, but not being able to experience that because uh, there really is, and it's going to sound weird to chat, but there is a level of intimacy working on a project from start to finish. You start to see, like, this is my brainchild on paper in a sense. Obviously, it's an engine, but, like, for example, like you, if you come into uh, the server uh, and hang out, you'll see that there's a bot that I created especially in our sister service, Symbiosis Kingdom, there's a bot that I created that it's just like, I, I am so connected with that bot. Like, I'll, like, I'll joke around and be like, because he, he'll send out some uh, little fuck you messages every once in a while. I'm so glad you guys are excited, though. This is the same passion we had the first time, and that's why I think this has so much potential. Right, and I know we're going through our break, so I'll probably just push it back to 1.30, but... No, it's like you really get connected with the project you're on. You get to understand every like you'll know once you see a bug so many times, 
someone will play be like, hey, do you know about that? Oh, yeah, no, I know about that. We're still trying to figure it out. No, don't worry, dog. We don't worry. Don't worry. You really get connected with it, and you start to think, like, this is my project. Even if it's uh, the project manager, they're the one who started it and came up with the idea. Anybody working on it, though, they can take a level of, I can't think of the word. All right, I think I'm, I'm getting into my passionate side here. Okay, I agree. I agree. I'll, I'll, we're, we're actually thinking of wrapping it up real quick, so I'll just finish on this thought, and I'll let Curtis get his little uh, two cents in next. But, no, it's like working on a project. I feel like this will actually be a great way to spot to end it. But working on a project, like I've been saying, that involvement, that passion, that drive, it, you, you'll hate it. You, you will hate it, but you're going to learn to love the hate. Like, I, there were so many times I, I got in arguments with my team and my capstone project. I got in fucking, I lost sleep because of this project. I lost fucking, I missed out on time with my girlfriend because of the project. And obviously she was respectful about it and she understood what was going on. All that, like, struggle, every bit that we finished, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm loving this. It was so inspiring and so it just like it fueled my passion for this industry but i'll i'll stop that right there curtis do you have any two cents about that i mean no you you kind of hit the nail on the head dude because it's like you go through these struggles and you go through the, the development process and yeah it sucks when you're staying up until <laughs> four in the morning in a discord call with your boss sam and he's just like, you know, you're just you're just trying to figure this stuff out. And and next thing you know, again, it's 4 a.m. You guys haven't figured shit out. And you're like, well, this was an entirely wasted night. Like, I really feel right. like nothing has been accomplished. But then three days later, after several 12-hour sessions of, of, you know, trying to iron out all the bugs and stuff, it works. And then you're like, oh, thank God. Like, finally, it, it, it right. finally works. We finally got this to, to go the way that we wanted it to. And it's so enjoyable. It's it's kind of like a high because oh, you spent uh, so long. You spent so long trying to figure this out. Like when we were in, when we were in school uh, right before Capstone started and we were doing uh, – I was making like a little – janky side-scrolling game in unity and i was doing right. it by myself and i'm coding in c sharp and for like for like a, an entire week i couldn't get something to work that i wanted to work and i was just like why isn't it working why isn't it working why isn't it working and nobody like again i was doing it by myself so it's not like i had anybody to reach out to and look over anything for me right but then one day randomly i was just like oh my t is not capitalized and then it just yeah. everything worked, and I, I like I like lost my shit because I was like that that one little thing that you may have overlooked a hundred times because you're like nope that works that's right and you just look past it right. that one tiny thing Sam with Dogwood can attest you know that one thing that wasn't replicated is the one the thing delay. that threw everything off. Right. So yeah, it's like, and like, it, it's so weird too because you'll that one little thing, yeah, or it's one checkbox we missed. Yeah, right. It's that one thing. It's pissing you off. And if for some reason, for I don't know if this is it for you as well, um, for some reason that one thing that you fix, everything works, and it's just like everything just makes sense, and you're just like all of a sudden you just want to do more. 
he fixed that one thing. It's like, oh, maybe I can do this now. Maybe I can do this now. And you're like leaned in on your computer and you're just like, you have this big grin, but no, I'll, I won't get too much into it. Cause I can go hours and hours on this <laughs> shit, but yeah. Um, yeah, everything seems possible. And then you pick everything again, LOL. Yeah. Right. Game design right there for you. But I, I, I will stop speaking because I'll, I will just continue to ramble and ramble and ramble. Curtis, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I just, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, again, it's our first episode. So this is going to be kind of a learning curve for us. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate everybody sitting here and, and, and just talking with us, uh, listening to us talk more or less. But yeah. we're going to be every Saturday at noon. We plan on doing a podcast. So I hope you guys tune in. If you miss it, you can go to the YouTube page, Dev's Eyes. I know that Chris has been doing some tutorials for Discord bots. He's also done a couple, or he's planning on doing some Unity tutorials. So you guys can check that stuff out. If you don't want to watch the video, we're going to have a Through Dev's Eyes podcast on uh, Podcast One. So just go ahead and check everything out. You know, Give us the support. Even if you don't, we're still going to be here annoying you guys. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, like Curtis said, we're, we're really glad you guys sat in here. Uh, hopefully next time, and we'll start having – hold on. My cat's trying to invade my space here. Hopefully <laughs> – uh, thank you, dog. I really appreciate that. Hey, get out of here. Sorry. That was my cat again. We, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you guys sitting here listening to us ramble about our passions, what we're – what we hope to achieve out of our dreams and whatnot. Hopefully as we continue on, they'll gain more structure because I know we started saying that we we're going to make this about among us, but it just took a complete left turn and went to uh, talking about our passions and whatnot. And honestly, like that's really what your career should be about. You talk about something about it and that just goes into an entire conversation. But like you said, check the YouTube if you weren't, if you missed the uh, stream, I'm, this one will also be on the Twitch for 15 days. If you like what you saw, Please feel free to hit that follow button. Uh, that way you can get notified next time we're live on Twitch. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you like this content, please feel free to hit that like. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe as well. Get those bell notifications every time we post a new video. I'll be posting uh, Unity and Discord bot tutorials every once in a while as well. And if you just want to join the community, join the Discord. We'd love to get to know you a bit more. Uh, if you're in the chat right now, exclamation dev time. Uh, I'll write that in the chat one more time for you guys. No, we are really happy you stopped on by. Like I said, structure will be a thing we work on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> have an excellent, excellent rest of your day. Have a blessed weekend. Stay frosty. See you later, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.